Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Maisner, registered nurse, health coach, and alcohol-free badass. And today on the podcast, I have Nikki Hanseling. I hope I said your last name right, Nikki. How do you say you it? You did, yeah. Hanseling. Okay, yes. And she is joining us um, from 1000 Hours Dry Parents page, which is a page you can follow on Instagram. There's also multiple thousand hour dry pages, um, but that's just support and tools for you if you're taking a break from drinking. So welcome Nikki to the show. Thanks for having me, super excited. Tell, tell me where you're calling from. So I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska, okay, I thought you were Midwest. Would you call that Midwest? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Home of the <laughs> home of the Cornhuskers. We actually have a game that starts in a in a little bit. Oh yeah, we we have our college team playing too, Boise State. But nice. you guys have a better team, I think, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, tell me a little bit about um, just you know your background, who you are, what you do before we get into your history with drinking. Yeah, so I'm actually 35 years old. I like to describe myself as like a type A Enneagram 1 fitness fanatic. So if you know much about Enneagram 1s, we're just very detail-oriented, organized, um, just kind of high expectation type people. So um, I typically wake up most mornings around 4.30 actually to get my workout in before I go to work. Um I'm married. I have three kiddos. We have one mini golden doodle. He just turned one year old. So he keeps us very busy. Um, and I'm a school counselor at a public middle school here in Lincoln. And so um, kind of in my free time, I like to read and coach volleyball. I love to play volleyball as well. Um, I run quite a few races throughout the year. Um, I also like to volunteer at my just our local church as a spiritual caregiver. And then like you mentioned, I do host a couple different alcohol-free accounts on Instagram. So the Thousand Hours Dry Parents, I'm usually there on Fridays. Um, and then I just started co-running the Zero Proof Run Club page as well. And they also have like a Strava group um, for alcohol-free runners. Oh, that's great. So you sound like a Midwestern <laughs> Lovely lady. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So what was your experience with drinking? You know, as I was kind of reflecting on it, because um, it's been three and a half years now since I quit drinking. So I kind of think back to the very beginning, which for me, I was really introduced to drinking kind of as I was transitioning to high school. So that was way back 
in the year 2000. So, you know, we did the typical Midwestern is kind of what I anticipate most other people experience where you're kind of living in a smaller town, you drink on the weekends with your friends and you claim there's nothing else to do. So that was absolutely my experience for the four years that I was in high school. Um, I actually got in trouble like with the law a couple times. And so um, thinking back, I was on, I know, diversion at least once, probation at once because they were kind of back-to-back getting caught type situations. But then I, I remember thinking, oh, I just had all this bad luck. Like, why am I the one that's getting in trouble? Everyone's doing this on the weekends. Um, so my my parents at that time and pretty much my whole growing up were divorced and kind of their hatred for each other kind of made my childhood challenging. So I kind of look back and I'm like, what role might have alcohol played then? Um, I haven't really unpacked all of that, to be honest, quite yet Mm -hmm. um, in my journey. But, you know, at the time in high school, I was earning really good grades. So I was a two and three sport athlete each year competing at a varsity level. Um, So I was pretty high functioning. So still kind of drinking on the weekends with my friends, just thought it was for fun. Um, Transitioned then right away into college um, here, still in Nebraska, and was still Yeah, so I just kind of kept drinking as I transitioned into college. Um, I stayed in Nebraska, so I still had a lot of the same friends uh, close by. So we would just drink on the weekends as kind of like our form of entertainment. Um, And I, at the time, was still keeping up really good grades, graduated in four years. Um, I was really interested in child, youth, and family studies, and so that's what I ended up getting my degree in. Um, and I eventually went back for my teacher certificate and my master's in school counseling. So thinking back, I'm, I was very, again, high functioning. So like accomplishing the goals that I had set for myself, but still drinking quite a bit. Um, so kind of, you know, fast forward a little bit in 2009, um, I got married and so we decided to get pregnant really quick. And so for about a year, I stopped drinking and, all right, so right around 2009, um, my husband and I got married, and we decided we wanted to start our family, and so got pregnant pretty quick. So I went about a year um, not drinking, obviously, throughout the pregnancy. A um, couple years after that, we had our second child. So I noticed, especially after my second daughter came along, that my drinking had picked up quite a lot. Um I I was very concerned with losing the baby weight that I had. So I got in a very unhealthy habit of replacing food with alcohol. Um, And so that was just kind of looking back, kind of my relationship with alcohol for a while had turned from, you know, just fun on the weekends with friends um, to using it in a different way. Um, So then a few years after that, I had my third baby, my son, Um, and once he arrived, I could again, you know, once I could start drinking again, I I did. And so that's again, when I started to notice really the more problematic drinking where I was drinking during the work week, I kind of was using it to unwind when I got home. Um, and I, I remember feeling this one night where I was drinking, I kind of had a buzz and I felt like I was in a much better mood. I was a happier mom. I was fun to be around. And so I felt like for about a year or so, I was really just trace, chasing that kind of feeling of, oh, well, if I just have a little bit after work, then I'll be in a better mood. Um, 
I kind of noticed then that when I would go out with my friends too, I would always want to moderate and not drink too much, but that would rarely happen. Um, whether it was the holiday parties or just friends in town, um, it would kind of end either blackout drunk, fights with my husband, just not making, you know, very healthy choices for, for myself. Um, so then that kind of leads up to, I would basically say the end. So May 25th, 2018, I went out with some coworkers. We were actually celebrating the last day of school. I had a very strict plan of I'm going to bring a couple drinks and I'm only going to drink those. And that did not happen. Drank way too much, woke up sick, embarrassed, just over my inability to moderate. So I really woke up that morning scared. I felt like I couldn't stop drinking once I started. Um, I'd actually saved the book title, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace, in a note on my phone. And so to this day, I can't remember where I saw it or why I saved it. But that morning, I found it in my notes. I downloaded the ebook, started reading it, and that was it. I was I was done. That was about three and a half years ago. Wow. So you, you also, I was just talking to someone else who kind of had the same experience, like, the spontaneous sobriety or was it hard? Does it just sound easy now? Um, I don't think it was hard because I was just so embarrassed with myself at that point. I was just, I think all the things leading up to it, that the months prior to quitting, I was noticing a lot more. And I like, for example, I remember I was, volunteering at a church and there was like a pamphlet for, you know, are you an alcoholic? And I remember looking through it and really thinking, oh my gosh, like I fit some of these, but there's no way I'm an alcoholic. You know, I only knew the stereotypical version of that, that word. And so I was like, no, I have, you know, I have a job, I have kids, I have all these things that I've accomplished in life. And so I would say that I was questioning a lot of things kind of leading up to that point, And I was just totally over it. So yeah, as I read Annie Grace's The Snaked Mind, and she talked about spontaneous sobriety. I'm like, that's exactly what I experienced. And I'm not quite sure how. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was very encouraging, I guess, to just yeah. say I'm done and, and, and be done. What, what do you remember about it or, you know, not necessarily about the book, but if so, that's great. But what, what was yeah. it about it that just made you done? Um, I think I remember feeling once I started learning more about alcohol, I felt less shame mm-hmm. and I felt comfort in knowing that I wasn't the only one that felt that way. Cause I remember even back in college, just extreme anxiety on Sunday nights, Monday mornings, like after drinking and partying and stuff. And so I think I just remember learning there's a better way and there's a healthier way. Um, yeah. And especially if you were always kind of that person that health has been so important to and you were an athlete and um, I can imagine that that was even more incentive for you to give up drinking. Absolutely. It was interesting The the few months before I quit, I was still running quite a bit. Um, 
outside. And I remember there were some mornings where I would meet some friends to go run and I genuinely was still hungover. Like Mm -hmm. I could have still been a little drunk. I feel like we were waking up so early. And so, um, absolutely. Once I kind of kicked it to the curb and decided that I was going to try a different lifestyle, my, my body felt better. I was able to, um, do workouts that I would have never been able to do before. That's great. Well, what advice would you give to someone who's just looking to change their relationship with alcohol, just starting out? Yeah, so my top one is always just that book I already mentioned by Annie Grace, Mm -hmm. This Naked Mind, Um, whether it's reading or listening to it, which I ended up doing both. Um, And then I bought the book, too, so that I could loan it to some friends. And so um, that, that was just like a big warm hug. I remember just it helped me not feel so alone and kind of stuck in what I thought was just a me issue. Um, I would definitely say just following other alcohol-free accounts on Instagram and and finding, you know, at least one community you feel like you can um, engage with people and kind of get to know on a certain level. I know there's a handful we've mentioned, so the Thousand Hours Dry, different chapters are fantastic, Zero Proof Run Club, the Booze List, Book Club is also one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, So just kind of looking around and finding things in your either immediate area or even virtually in the world we live in can be really helpful sometimes. Um, I would also say just I would encourage people to wait until you're ready to tell your friends and family. Um, It's okay to kind of make excuses as you're trying to figure out even your full story. I remember when I decided I was going to quit and I said it out loud to myself, I was so nervous that people wouldn't trust me. Um, But at the same time, I didn't really care if they did or didn't because I kind of knew that that's what I wanted for myself. And the more I learned, the stronger I became into my decision. Um, But I did feel confused at first of how to describe it because I think a lot of times when we do quit and we maybe are a little more higher functioning, people are like, wait, what? Like, you don't have a problem. And we know now that that's typically them concerned about their own drinking. And so um, I always just say, you know, wait until you're ready to share and you don't really have to share more than you're comfortable with. Um, You don't really owe anybody anything until you're ready to kind of share it. Yeah, good good point. Especially, you know, you mentioned just people saying like, you're fine. You don't have a problem. I mean, you, I remember reaching out quite a bit for help, I felt like, and everyone was like, I think you're okay, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it, it does shine a light on your own drinking when someone else is stopping. And we never know what's going on behind closed doors either. Absolutely. Well, what do you wish you had known earlier before you started? Um, I think just that it really, it really is like a process. So you really learn as you go. I think sometimes with as great as Instagram is and just social media, um, it does make it look like it's really easy all the time. But I think I, I think everybody just needs to remind themselves everyone's at a different stage in their journey and in their process. And so, you know, people's where they're at at that moment might look different, um, than someone else. And so, um, 
I definitely would have wished I'd kind of just known that's that's a process. You just kind of learn as you go. I, I genuinely am really at peace with my journey. I feel like I've learned a lot along the way. Um, one of the funny things was I do remember early on, I was so obsessed with making fancy mocktails at home mm-hmm. and I just hated them. And I'm like, I felt like I had to, like I, I needed to, to make these fancy things. And I think it was because I was used to coming home and like making a drink and relaxing. And so, um, I definitely, after a couple of years have gotten into the more just buying the stuff, the sparkling waters and just kind of the, the more simplistic, minimalistic, maybe drinks instead. But, um, I tried to make them work so hard. Well, I feel like they're a great tool. Um, mm-hmm. the NA beer and the mocktails when you're first changing a habit, um, because we are such creatures of ritual and like you said, we've been used to coming home and having a drink. And so to have something there, but it's alcohol free is can be quite effective. And then, yeah, after a while, you're like, I'm good. I'm just going to have a LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it is kind of the evolution of how far you come just in, in the things that you need to kind of get through cravings and get through um, social events. Like I've got my, my husband's holiday party coming up here in a couple weeks. And, um, he's been at the same company for 10 years now. And each year, except for last year, um, we would attend the holiday party and it is always open bar, free flowing drinks, just a disaster, (laughs) especially, Um, and for me, it had been in the past, I'm sure Mm -hmm. not for everybody, but, um, it was just kind of a license to just go crazy. And so I, I look at what I used to do at those holiday parties, which was get blackout drunk. Um, and typically get in an argument with my husband when we got home, because I didn't want to leave and he did, um, versus even a couple years ago when I was alcohol free, just feeling so awkward at first with walking around with like an ice water and I'd always ask for a lemon and lime or something to this year, um, preparing for it now. I had, I just, I know I'll be completely comfortable in drinking water. Like I, and if people ask, I'm perfectly fine saying, Oh yeah, I'm just drinking water. Whereas before maybe I would have lied. Um, but I even actually asked my husband if he would reach out to some of the event organizers because they do such a beautiful job organizing the event and just say, you know, do you mind considering having a fancy mocktail on the list of drinks available? Um, so we'll see. But yeah. it used to be something I would dread. But now I feel like so confident in myself and where I'm at that I would love if somebody asked me what I was drinking and I could say, oh, it's just water. And if they asked me more about that, I'd be perfectly comfortable talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's a process and takes practice. And then it is mm-hmm. nice to get to a point where you're like, meh, with alcohol. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's that's my word for it. I'm like, eh, I don't need it. Like, meh. And also to be around it where I'm like, that's fine. You can have a drink. Like, my husband still drinks and it, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm good. I don't need your beer. Yep. Yeah. Mine does as well. Um, but I will say he's definitely 
um, cut back quite a bit since I quit drinking because I think mm-hmm. I used to instigate <laughs> drinking even more on the weekends and just mm-hmm. evenings and stuff. So, so yeah. Well, since you're a counselor, you're a school counselor for what what ages? Uh, middle school. So right now I have seventh graders. So how it works in our district is you pick up a group when they come in at sixth grade and then you get to stay with them oh, through seventh and eighth okay. grade. Mm-hmm. So I have about 240 students right now that I met last year as sixth graders and then I stuck with them for seventh grade and then they'll go to eighth grade with me next year. Okay. So this is my third third group I'm doing that with in my role as a school counselor. So I've been doing it for about eight years. And how, how do you handle drinking or, or like talking about drinking with your, your students, with your own children? How do you handle that? Yeah, so it doesn't come up too often um, in my role as a school counselor. I know topics of drugs and alcohol come up in the health classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I will say that I do have a handful of students even this year that will talk about um, the their parents' relationship with alcohol, or they'll describe um, parents who have interlock systems in their car, or who, um, you know, they don't they, they don't go to dad's house anymore, or mom's house anymore mm. because of their their drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I try to use all the knowledge that I've gained for myself in my discussions with them. Um, Typically with middle school students, I'm not going to self-disclose and I never have about my own personal relationship with alcohol. Um, you know, I have before about, you know, if they say their parents are divorced, I can say mine are too. You know, when I was your age, this was hard. Is this hard for you? So always gearing it back to them. Um, but I've never really shared too much about my own journey, but I do have all that knowledge and information in the back of my head to try to just understand not only what they're going through, but then wondering what they're parents are going through and how I might be able to support or help their parents. Um, just knowing how, how tricky alcohol can make life and, and stuff at home Yeah, with my, with my own kids. Um, I do bring it up kind of in natural ways or settings. Um, so if there'll be a show where a mom's drinking wine or something, I've been known to kind of point out, oh, looks like she's drinking wine. I don't drink wine. Or um, if there's commercials on TV or family members talking about this, that, or the other, um, I'll kind of just make comments here and there about how, you know, why, well, you know, I used to drink or I don't anymore. Or when we talk about healthy versus unhealthy foods, we can kind of loop that in there. And so um, I just try to find those natural opportunities to bring it up to them. And how old are your kids? So my oldest is 10 and the next is eight and then the next is five. Got it. So they're still little. I guess Mm -hmm. I was more thinking about um, the middle schoolers and teenagers who themselves are experimenting with drinking. Yeah, so definitely at the middle school level, if we're at all concerned about that, you know, that would be something that we we talk to the families about. It's kind of tricky because we typically don't have, like, proof, and so it's really just kind of talking about, you know, drinking and drugs in general and how unhealthy they are um, and how, 
you know, starting earlier can create even more challenges. Um, you know, I will, I will say a while back I saw some parts of a curriculum or some slogan that said, actually it might've been my daughter that brought it home about alcohol. And like the slogan was something about waiting until you're 21. And I was really frustrated because I'm like, maybe we could be sending a message about not needing to drink at all. And just kind of, it just kind of made me wonder, um, if that kind of a message is really still talked about in schools that it's, it's okay, but not for you until you're 21 or something versus, you know, it's really not healthy for anyone ever. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how it's portrayed. And mm-hmm. I mean, even as a nurse, there were things that I learned about alcohol when I was quitting that I, I was, I guess I was definitely in denial about, but just the cancer risk and um, the dementia that just the, uh, all the health concerns. I, I think that it's still propagated like, oh, red wine is good for you. Well, not mm-hmm. really, <laughs> you know, um, so with children too and teens, it's, it's another one of those things that it's like, I, I mean, I guess I was asking that because I have a 12 year old and 15 year old mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm always trying to be, uh, I guess reasonable. Like I, I know that teens experiment Here's why I want you to be safe. Here's Mm -hmm. my concerns, but knowing like they probably are going to experiment. I mean, and thinking about how we were growing up in high school, I kind of had the similar experience to you where I grew up in a small town and all we did was drink (laughs) Mm -hmm. a college town. Um, Yeah. So that's just kind of weighs heavily on my mind. Like what kind of messages are we sending to our kids. Yeah. And I really think that, um, something I've been reflecting on lately too, is just my own like habits and routines that my, my girls, they're my two oldest are girls that they, they pick up on and they notice. And my hope is that if I can get them so invested and bought into the idea of exercise and eating healthy and, um, choosing good friendships and, um, just all these healthy things that, um, they will just absorb that and want that for themselves as they get a little bit older into middle school, high school, college. Um, and I guess my hope is that that then just kind of overwhelms their day that they're kind of building that lifestyle that alcohol doesn't really fit into. Um, and, or if it does, it's not as maybe it doesn't play as significant of a role as it did when I was in high school, college and, and so forth. And so I don't know, that's kind of at least what, at least the direction I'm heading in as a parent right now, now that they're still young. So next year, the the oldest goes to middle school. So we'll see if I have to change my tune. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just what we model is so much louder than what we say. Um, Mm -hmm. for sure, but it's out there in the society we live in and it's not going away, but it's getting better. We are changing the tides. (laughs) Absolutely. Good. Well, what are your plans for the future? 
Um, you know, I kind of just mentioned a little about like healthy routines. So for me, I'm just at a place where I feel like I have, um, my daily routine down to a science. And so just kind of keeping up with that helps me reduce stress and especially being in education right now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's extremely difficult, especially for our classroom teachers. Um, and then being in a role where I support students mostly outside of the classroom, but also still figuring out how to support classroom teachers. Um, so just sticking to healthy routines. Um, I definitely want to continue just finding ways to share little bits of my story as my kids grow up. Um, that's just kind of something just in the back of my head. Um, I definitely want to keep posting a few of the alcohol free pages I do on Instagram. I think making new connections has been fantastic. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot and just kind of, giving back and maybe giving a little bit of insight here and there to people that are in the early stages of their, their journey. Um, I've always wanted and had kind of on my, my bucket list and my vision board every year to consider how I can create like a alcohol free in real life community here in Lincoln. Um, and so just continuing to ponder on that and think kind of about what that might look like, I guess, here in Lincoln. So that's about where I am now. I try not to plan, you know, I am a planner, but um, with as crazy as the last year or so has been, I try to just keep up with regular routines and figure out how I can help and support in different pockets of my life. Yeah, well, this has been a very helpful podcast. So thank you for coming on. Um, how can people find you? Um, so my personal Instagram is just my name, Nikki Hansling. Nikki is N-I-C-K-I, and Hansling is H-A-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. Otherwise, the Thousand Hours Dry Parents page, and then most recently the Zero Proof Run Club page on Instagram and on Strava. So Strava is a free activity app. Um, I know I always run Strava on my watch while I run races or run outside, and then it just kind of um, saves and logs all your activity. And so we have um, a group on there too. And it doesn't have to be running. It can be walking, can be hiking or biking, or there's all types of things. But um, there's a group on there with, I think it's just as of today, like a little over 160 people. So it's a cool little community. Oh, that's great. And it's just called Zero Proof Run Place? Uh, Zero Proof Run Club. On Strava. On Strava, yep. And it was created by New Fashion Sobriety, um, which is another amazing community that I found through um, Instagram and a, a few amazing women that run that. Well, great. That, I mean, there's a lot out there. I think that's important for people to know, and you're not alone. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Enjoy your weekend, and we will be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Point. And check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.